Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast where we break down every episode of the 10 season show. Today we're talking about season 9, episode 3, Dealer's Choice. Mary, what happened this week? Abby and Carl go to Vegas to get married. Kelly tags along with Val because Brandon maybe left his phone at the beach apartment, and when she answers it, Susie says they're still on for tonight, and there's a box of her stuff sitting in the Walsh foyer. She gambles with a guy named Henry and wins a lot of money, but she still gets distracted and sad when a lady walks by in a wedding gown. Val seduces Carl a matter of hours before the wedding happens, and the wedding still happens. Noah drinks about his grief and ruins the engagement party. Not engagement party. It's an anniversary. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Noah drinks about his grief and ruins the anniversary party Donna throws for Felicia and Dr. Dad Martian. Donna hires Carrie to revise some sketches before her meeting with Mr. Jaykowski, but Carrie steals the sketches and Donna's potential job. But it isn't long at all before they realize Carrie isn't as talented as Donna, so she gets fired. Brandon meets Lou Jessup from the New York Chronicle and bashes his own publication. Somehow this leads to a job interview. Sophie checks off step three of her plan, get a start in the business, squiggly underline. I guess this means she helps David with the playlist order for his radio DJ tryout. But the plan hits a snag when Steve's jealousy gives David second thoughts about getting involved with her. But that's nothing a low, sultry voice over the phone can't fix. I did want to talk so much about how she checks off her entire list. I was like, she didn't do it. Nothing happened yet. Yeah. Like, literally, for as far as we know, she is still attempting to do all these things. But because she, like, started them, she's like, done. Done. Check, check, check. Done. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like there needs to be, like, a sub list or, like, okay, I've knocked off the first thing on the list. And then the second thing, I got the money, but it was only 5000 So, like... What mm-hmm. am I going to do with the rest of it? Because you know she spent it all on the car. Yeah, and the clothes that she got when she was caught shopping, like, all this stuff. Like, I know, like, this was 30 years ago, but $5,000 still didn't go that far back then, especially for car. Like, it, it was an old vintage car, too. Yeah, it was, like, a well-maintained vintage car. Just mm-hmm. the Virgo in me was hurting every time she checked off. I was like, you didn't do it. Let's go back to the drawing board. Let's make a new list. Let's change our goals. So the episode starts with, you know, Kelly's back living in the beach apartment with Donna, and I guess Noah's been spending the night the fast, last few nights. Three nights. Mm-hmm. Not that anyone's keeping track of it. Mm-hmm. Which, like, okay, I didn't live with roommates too long. Like, I I had college roommates, like, assigned, so we weren't, like, BFFs. I didn't care how long their boyfriend stayed because it's not, like, we're not sharing anything. We had our own separate rooms. Would mm-hmm. you be keeping track about this after three days? Not unless it was, like, a full-time live-in. Like, because think about it. Like, back around this age – It would usually just be for, like, hang out in the evening, sleep over, leave in the morning. You know, you're not bringing, like, several days' worth of clothes and, like, all that kind of stuff. So you got to go back to your place eventually just to, like, get some more stuff. And so unless it was, like, a full-in live-in situation for the last three days where it was, like, full-time using the groceries, using the, you know, dishes, like, whatever it is like that, I might say something like, hey – 
do you think Noah could chip in for groceries or something? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Something like that. But I wouldn't be like passive aggressive about it. That's for sure. <laughs> I know. I just love the idea that she's like, not that I'm tracking, but. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a, there's a time and a place for having people stay over, you know, even if it's temporary. And then there's that line, right? Like where you cross over that line and it becomes annoying and it becomes like invasive. That's when you say something. But I feel like three days and it really seems like he's still going back and forth between the boat and the beach apartment. I'm like, that's not a big deal. Yeah. The best I could think of is if he's working at the club all night and coming home loudly, that would matter. Sure. But that's not that's not what Kelly says. No. She just makes the comment he's been sleeping here. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it does turn out that Donna does want Noah to move in with them because he's leaving the boat, I guess. Mm-hmm. In off-screensville, he sold it, and we're just supposed to intuit that. Yeah, because I know last time, like, he talked about taking a second mortgage on the club, and he could list the boat, but I don't remember if he actually said he did list the boat. Well, and it do- it seems like with his dad doing what he did and being like I've made sure your mother is provided for I don't know why Noah would do this other than let's get rid of that set right right exactly and so then we get a few visitors because Donna has apparently hired someone we found out last week I think it was that she was busier and now she has hired someone named Carrie Knox who is like not she's a collaborator but not a partner mm-hmm. yeah I don't know exactly what you call her but like Mary said she's supposed to like clean up the designs and then transport them yeah and like uh, Donna's thing is it well a couple things in that part I was like interesting we learned her full name because I feel like sometimes we don't learn full names and mm-hmm. then even if we do get it one time they're not set again um, and I feel like the only way we addressed Carrie Knox in this episode was Carrie Knox, not just Carrie, like a couple times Carrie, but like most of the time, Carrie Knox. That's true. They said Carrie Knox a lot. I'm even mm-hmm. saying Carrie Knox. I wrote Carrie Knox. I was like, her name is <laughs> Carrie Knox. She works for Donna. Clearly mm-hmm. we'll see her more. And well, and the, like the only thing that was like, I was like, this isn't going to end well is because I, even though they gave us her full name and like referenced her and she was there in the beginning, I was like, she's not going to last. Like, so I knew something bad was going to happen. I truly did not expect this though. I also did not know that that actress was working that early because I've seen her in Ozark. Right. And I know she's had like Hmm. her own show and things, but this was really early. Oh yeah. She had a show about like living in Chicago and having friends, one of those kinds of shows. My okay. Interesting. Oh, she was in that My Boys show. Yeah. That, that was one. on like Yeah. Okay. I think that was on like TBS or TNT or one of those cable channels. Um well, um, also interestingly enough, you guys will appreciate this. She was also Mrs. Lane in the Fear Street mm-hmm. movies. She was yeah. Nurse Lane. She's the yeah. one that stabs him in the second movie. <laughs> She's oh, the babysitter man. in the first movie. You should never leave your children with her. But yeah, hundred percent. That's so funny. Um, yeah, but it, you know, interesting setup here. It was kind of fast, and then, like you said. Donna gets more or uh, they get more visitors. Brandon comes by with coffee. Kelly weirdly like turns it down. 
Like, yeah. no, I have coffee. Like, okay. <laughs> Their vibes are so weird right now. Like, I understand why other people would not want to deal with this. Like, when Val makes her comments, mm-hmm. I get it. Because they're being weird. They are being weird. And, like, Brandon mentioned something about a job opportunity. And she's like, no thanks. I like being unemployed. I. It was yeah, a weird yeah. thing. No, they're setting something up with her, and I had thought it was going to be work with Donna, but then Donna got mm-hmm. Carrie Knox, but at the end of this, Carrie goes away, so I don't know, but maybe Donna's right. burned now by working with people. Mm. But, I mean, the real reason Brandon came over was to pick up Noah, because they're going to Pasadena together to pick up Noah's dad's things, and mm-hmm. I feel so bad for Donna, because she's like, you didn't tell me you were doing this today, and he's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, I gotta go. Yeah, and he, like, only wants to go with Brandon, not Donna. He's, like, it's interesting because he's staying there at the beach apartment, but then doesn't want her to come with him to go get uh, Mr. Hunter's stuff. Yeah, it's very emotionally closed off. And Donna's being real attached. I mean, she talks about wanting Noah to live with her. She talks about wanting to take care of him. She Mm -hmm. wants to drive him to Pasadena, even though she does have a lunch appointment. But I mean, when you love someone, you cancel the appointment. It's just, she wants to be there for Noah and Noah doesn't seem to want her there for him right now. Yeah. And that's pretty much the theme of the rest of the episode with Noah and Donna. Like Noah pushes her away pretty much the whole episode. Mm -hmm. And after they leave, Kelly finds a phone sitting on her balcony, which I meant to go back and look how long it had been sitting there if we had seen it at the beginning or if, like, the way the camera shots were that we hadn't seen it. But she assumes it's Brandon's phone. And can you imagine back in the day when you didn't have eyes on your phone 24-7? It's so funny because also the variety of phones has – even though we basically have iPhone, Pixel, Android, like, and then within the Android, there's, like, Samsung and whatever. Mm-hmm. There's less variety now, but, like, more customization, like, with cases and pop sockets and what your lock screen is and all that kind of stuff. But back then, it was very much, like, cell phone was indicative of one type, right? Like, <laughs> it was, like, <laughs> if you have a cell phone, it means you and 25 other people have the same exact phone. And the only way to know if it was different is if somebody that you know called you. <laughs> yeah, if, like, you had a ringtone that was not the same as the other people, like, not the default ringtone that came with it. Yeah, so I just imagine people getting their phones swapped constantly. Constantly. It just occurred to me that... <clears throat> Phones probably didn't always have, like, the phone book feature where you could, like, save numbers with, like, names Ah. and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's what I would check is, like, is my number in here? But, like, did they have that back then? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because, I mean, I guess she could have opened the phone and tried to call Casa Walsh to be like, oh, hey, Brandon left his phone here. If he calls looking for it, let him know I have it. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't. And I'm realizing now, so we find out later that it is a car salesman who is trying to lease Kelly a car. It was never even Brandon's phone. And she's had it this whole time. This man <laughs> never got his phone back. And but Yeah, go like, ahead. Go ahead. Could you imagine this man goes to lease a car? He's a door-to-door car leaseman, not a salesman, leaseman. 
and he leaves his phone there, he's never getting it back. And like, to be honest with you, when that was the payoff, that that's what the phone really, like it didn't belong to Brandon, it belonged to this random person that we never saw, never, never referenced the entire episode. Oh, let me just hand wave this real quick and make it a Carl Leesman that came to my door that nobody ever saw and I didn't talk about. Because I'm unemployed and can lease a car now. <laughs> it, just, it was the stupidest side story. Like, I don't even want to talk about it. Mary mentioned yeah. everything, and it's not the the phone, so it doesn't matter. Like, Yeah. Can I say one more thing about that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so the fact that the person who called is Susie, like, why didn't they make it Susan? <gasps> mm. That like, would have been so good if she was just like – in shock and that's yeah like that would to me like trigger more of a fucking spiral and i have to go to vegas with someone i hate right now (laughs) i like that i like that so much better especially when last episode literally like the final one of the final scenes of the episode we get them talking about how brandon was being vulnerable about saying like it's gonna suck when you start to date somebody else but I like I know that's gonna happen, and like Kelly did had her double I choose me moment, and <laughs> I'm like, and now you're reacting like like they do not know what to do with Brandon and Kelly not being together. They don't know if to make them okay, to make them not okay, to make them talk well, to make them talk poorly. Like they don't know what to do. I'm telling you, the vibes are weird. It's yeah. not good. And we Ugh. just spend 15 minutes talking about the first scene. <laughs> okay, but like. we're done we're done with Kelly I'm basically done with her (laughs) but okay this is a good transition though because the vibes are weird all over the place like Noah is not having an okay time either he's asking Mm -hmm. Brandon to write his dad's obituary we already know Brandon is having troubles dealing with his life right now like kind of addressing where he is in his romantic life where he is in his professional life and then you find out that they're picking up Noah's dad's stuff at a police station, yeah. which I did not consider given the circumstances. I guess it makes sense. But yeah, then they hand over the gun and Noah just starts yelling at the guy. And I got to say, I get it. Same. I, would, like, I was like, yeah, why would you just release a gun into someone else's custody? Like, Why? And, and I, the police officer makes a comment where he's like, we're not a warehouse. And I'm like, but don't you have an armory? And, like, wouldn't that technically, if, if it's at the police station, wouldn't that technically be evidence? Yeah, that was the thing. I couldn't decide if it would be evidence because it's a crime. What happened mm-hmm. was a crime. Um, but at the same time, like, I think you can get stuff back after cases are closed. So, like, maybe that was the thing. But at the same sure. time... Noah is clearly not in his right headspace, and we should not just be handing this over. This is why there needs Correct. to be more compassion in the system. Yes. yes. But Brandon grabs it for him, and at some point it ends up back in Noah's possession. We'll see it again later. Chekhov's mm-hmm. gun. It's got to go off. Mm-hmm. So then we go to Casa Walsh, where Kelly is not calling to let them know that she has a cell phone. Um, Val is apparently a classically trained French chef making eggs Benedict for her mom and Carl. <laughs> Man, I was like, all right, if Val can make me an eggs Benny, like, yes, please. <laughs> like, Honestly, of course she would know how. 
like we're already madly in love with her and then she knows how to make a hollandaise and a poached egg Mm -hmm. like i'll marry her i'll deal with the mess it's so funny because like tiffany Thiessen grows up to have cookbooks and like do her own cooking stuff so i'm like was this her idea (laughs) this is oh my god what if that was her plan and she was like i want val to just go become a chef like oh my god that just sounds good for her actually that sounds great for her she needs something like, to do with her hands all the time, and this is perfect. Do that. That would save us so much effort when she's like, she can't sabotage because she's busy Julianning. Exactly. Oh my gosh. But like David comes by, and he's really only there for observation in this moment. Yeah. Because he sees Abby and Carl and Val being all nice together, and as Abby and Carl clear the table, from their delicious gourmet breakfast, David is like, Val, what's going on? I thought you were going to tell your mom what happened. And Val's like, she's my mother, David. Did you really think I was going to hurt her? <laughs> like, Which, yes. He literally says, such. like, yes. <laughs> and then he leaves. Yeah. And but, then, ew, like, Abby and Carl are, like, making out in the doorway right in front of Val. People. And it's all gross. No, and okay. then Abby, oh, yeah, go ahead. When she's like, oh, just keep three feet on the floor, I was like, no, this is your mother. They keep six feet apart. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Leave room for Jesus, (laughs) (laughs) ma'am. But yeah, then Abby gets to drop the bomb that they are going to get married in Vegas day after tomorrow. And Val, like, has a a visible reaction, but not enough to, you know, set anything off off for Carl and Abby. And Mm. then, like, when Abby's like, will you be my maid of honor? She's like, yes, of course, mother. I'm like, Ugh, I hate this. This literally happened like 15 episodes ago. Like, uh, Exactly. Just, I, I have no feelings at this point. I had nothing. Mm-hmm. So outside on the driveway, this is where Sophie is checking off her last item, even though she hasn't, she doesn't have a job. She doesn't have su- success. She did buy a car, but she's sleeping in some other guy's bed. Because mm-hmm. she's leading him on. And I will say, don't have a lot to say about Steve this episode, but it blows my mind that he's not even remotely suspicious of the fact that she forgets her books all the time and she doesn't have money for an apartment, but she had enough money for this car mm-hmm. or any sort yeah. of rent. She's like, oh my God, I just need a job so I can pay you rent. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like, He's suspicious. <laughs> he's not superstitious, but he's a little <laughs> stitious. It's like he he is just slightly suspicious enough to like go follow her and kind of like question what she's doing and question but the difference is is like he's not suspicious enough because he still thinks all of this goes back to she, is she really into him, not what mm. are her actual motives. So it's like he only thinks she's suspicious insofar that he thinks she's like cheating on him or whatever even though they're not together and not suspicious about why she's doing what she's doing you know what I mean mm-hmm. no he like I literally wrote my notes I was like he's not suspicious but then I noticed that like he tries to flirt with her and then she shuts it down by mentioning that they should just share the bed because he can't stay on the couch anymore mm-hmm. and yeah, I think 
I think it's like a mix. I think he's like a little suspicious and he hasn't really figured out the motives because he's not smart enough yet. And then he's so stupid. He's also being distracted by her the second she says things like bed. Exactly. Exactly. Because then it like it, it it makes him want to then invite her to Donna's party for her parents 25th wedding anniversary. Yeah. Which. Okay. Sure. Why not? <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, I'm going to keep going with them a little bit, even though it splits up, because really, this is just a pointless storyline. Steve's following her to try and give her her books because she leaves the house without them. Also, the idea that she has somehow managed to get the money from the university and buy the books and buy the clothes and buy the mm-hmm. Mustang. Mm-hmm. She must be great at couponing or something. Or um, she must have, like gotten that compound interest real fast she invested that five thousand dollars is just reaping the benefits (laughs) she's just stealing other biology students books she's Mm -hmm. pulling the same scam all over the place i mean that would be not not smart in terms of like it's entirely illegal but like that would be a better way to accomplish get money from school you know what Mm -hmm. i mean yeah i love her checklist they clearly did not know what they were doing when they created her. Exactly. So, and like, yeah, like, so Steve's still following her. He follows her all the way to this like coffee shop, smoothie place, whatever that David's at. And this was a weird scene too, because like when she arrives and starts talking to him, they don't give us enough exposition. They expect mm-hmm. us to know what they're talking about. And I'm not used to that. I'm used to shows being overly <laughs> expositional and telling you I'm exactly used to what this you show need to know. Yes. Being overly expositional. Exactly. And so there's some kind of back and forth. Apparently, maybe she helped him come up with titles for his radio show that he's doing, his audition, like something like yeah. that. And he's like, I, I don't know. It was weird because he's like sort of ensorcelled, but he's also like he knows better but is still giving into it anyway it was just a weird scene yeah and it was just to have them yeah maybe like this is sophie's get a step into the business or whatever is helping david with whatever transition song titles show title very unclear and then yeah having steve stand outside and see them because she like sticks her finger in some whipped cream and holds it out for David, but then she snatches it back at the last minute because she's cute. Whatever. I hate her so much. Like I feel <laughs> so bad because I have no problem with the gang getting scammed. Right. But she's not good at it and they're still falling for it. And I think that bothers me more than I care to admit. Well, and that's the whole thing with David, too, is, like, David has literally, like, shown us that he knows better, and he's got more street smarts than he does, like, book smarts, and he still falls for this trap. He still just, like, stumbles over Sophie, even after telling her, like, no, I'm not going to do this to my friend. So it's, like, I believe when Steve is all trapped up in this, because he, we know him to be, like, the lovable idiot who usually ends up fine, but... You know, it's like, I don't feel bad for Steve in this moment. Like, I don't like when anybody leads anybody on, but it's, he's also putting himself constantly, like, he could get out of this situation and he doesn't. They all could. All they have to do is stop letting her just run over them. Yeah. Like, cause like, Steve knew her for one second and invited her to stay in the Walsh house. Like, 
All Brandon had to do was say no. Exactly. Oh my gosh. So we end up like kind of jumping around with what everybody else is doing during the day. We find out that Donna has that guy, Mr. Jankowski. They met halfway between where he had to be and where she had to be, which just turns out to be the peach pit. (laughs) Thought that was hilarious. That you're going to, like, schedule this very important business meeting at the Peach Pit over Mega Burgers. But (laughs) this guy has already seen the designs. He's in love with Donna and Carrie. He meant – he calls her, like – he's like, oh, you guys have a good cop, bad cop thing going because you have an aw shucks routine and Carrie is very, like, straightforward and, like, persuasive Mm -hmm. and aggressive. And I felt so bad because Donna is just confused this whole time. Mm Mm-hmm. And this guy is kind of doing what the show was doing in the episode or the scene with David and Sophie where, like, we're supposed to know what's going on, but they're not actually telling us what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just going to say, and it's weird because, like, he mentions Carrie as being Donna's partner and how impressed he was with the presentation and, like, all this kind of stuff. And Donna, like, just doesn't know what to do. She keeps saying, like, what? Carrie? Th- like, presentation? And and the yeah. guy just keeps blowing past it. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I don't have a partner. And he's like, oh, yeah, Carrie said it was new. It's fine. And she's like, yeah. no, I, I just said. <laughs> but he, like, literally just drives away. He's like, I love you. You guys are great. We'll talk later. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know. Donna, like, turns around and Noah's in his car just, like, futzing around with a gun and then he fires it dude what is happening like the amount of gun violence we've had in the last 10 episodes let alone the entire show let alone since noah showed up and he is drunkenly messing with a gun in an alley in the alley where his friend got shot right what is happening here like he was the one that was very like David, what are you doing? Like, David, we got to stop this. Like, you know, all of that. And now he's just like, hey, we wonder where a bullet goes if you fire it up into the air? Like, excuse me? And, like, drunk Noah is – why? I have to assume he is drunk, right? Like, it's not clear to me in this scene. I don't think we see him with alcohol until tomorrow night. I don't know, whatever night it is. Mm -hmm. But he seems at least maybe, like, drunk on sadness, right? Right. Like, he's out of his mind. Right, exactly. But I cannot get over this idea that we're just going to shoot a loaded gun up into the air. And then the gun goes away. Like, Yeah. I mean, I not until later because we see it later and there's like no bullets in it. But I'm like, uh, I don't understand why that has to be – why they're putting so much emphasis on the gun and not – I don't know, like the emotions of it all, the the impact of it all. I don't, I don't know. It's not good modeling, is what it is. Yeah, I find it really odd that we're just leaving Noah alone with a loaded gun after all of this mm-hmm. stuff, or leaving him alone with a gun that he has the ability to load in mm-hmm. this emotional state. Because right. you know he's alone in this point. Brandon and him went to Pasadena and got collected the items, and then Brandon goes over to. Noah's parents' house to talk about his dad with his mom. And yeah. it it turns into this whole thing where Brandon finds out that Noah's dad wanted to be a sculptor. 
but that that didn't work out and he ended up having to live and breathe and work for Hunter Oil and Chemical, which he hated. And the reason he never smiled and the reason he was so distant from his family is because he was just numbed by all of it. And it's like all of this stuff that is horrible for a normal Mm -hmm. obituary. Luckily, Noah has asked Brandon to write the truth. Right. And – Like, Noah doesn't know any of this. Brandon is just alone with Noah's mom talking about this, and I feel like Noah should be here. Yeah, and and that would mean, like, later on what happens, like, doesn't quite hit as hard um, and isn't such a shock, and maybe he's able to be in a place where he could believe it. But, yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know. I was was kind of, mm, what's the word I want to use here? Because I want to be delicate. My whole point is, like, giving him this idea that he wanted to be a sculptor and was bad at it meant that he suddenly had to be the CEO or, you know, whatever his role was at this huge, massive company where he made, presumably, millions of dollars, and you're supposed to feel bad for him because he couldn't make it as a sculptor. You know, it just... I understand feeling numb and feeling like you had to take on so much pressure and all this kind of stuff, but, like... I I guess those aren't mutually exclusive items. Like, just because you're not good at one thing doesn't mean you then go get to be a CEO of a massive company. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't know what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Also, like, I get where you're going. And also, I'm going to, like, flip it on its head a little bit. Like, being a CEO of a company doesn't mean you can't have fucking hobbies. It doesn't mean you can't – like, if anything – earning massive amounts of money should give you more access to do the things that you want to do. It's so backwards to me. Okay, so I really like all of this because we also have to go back to the point where the night that it happened when Noah goes to talk to his dad and he says the like, oh, kids today, no respect for capitalism. Like he is a capitalist and has probably like taken it upon himself of like this is just what we do. I can't do anything. And if I can't have the company, what else is there? And it's just such a busted mindset that like really was pervasive like how many books are there in, you know, a standard Barnes and Noble of like grind culture and like you got to mm. go do all the stuff and you got to be the CEO and you can't like have a family too. Right. And that's it's the just, thing too is it, it's like uh, it's it's, it's hard it's because very... I feel like I don't okay, I know I don't know what it's like to be a CEO and I certainly don't know what it's like to be one of a company to the degree and the the stature, I guess you could say, of this, you know, fake company, of, mm. of, of an oil company. But I feel like at that level, you are you actually are awarded the ability to be with your family. Like there's certain things you have to do, and certain. But once you get to that level, you're not doing day to day. You're mm. in meetings. You're talking to people. You're going to dinner with important people. Like. And again, I've never been a CEO, nor will I ever. But it's just, it, I think what they were trying to do with this story was make him a sympathetic character. And it didn't work. Because, like, you're trying to say, oh, the arts is lesser than. And he wanted to do this. So, therefore, he just had to then give that all up to become a huge, rich white guy that we're supposed to now sympathize with. And nobody, sh- I, I, I. I never ever want to talk ill about anybody who takes their own life. I don't 
presume to know anything of what's going on in anyone's life that has experienced that. But taking that out of it, and let's just say that he passed away from something else, this still wouldn't have made me sympathize with him. That's, that's the thing. Like, I think it's it's kind of harsh, but sometimes I do think of, like, you had the opportunity to be different. You didn't have to yeah. do this thing that's expected of you. And especially once you saw Noah walk away, you should have, like, that would have been an opportunity. I think the problem I'm realizing I have here is we get this minute of Noah's mom talking to yeah. Brandon, and he's seeing all this stuff in the photos. I'm like, why couldn't we have expanded on this? Right. Right. Yeah. It was like they were trying to rush the storyline all of a sudden when really we were just getting into it. Yeah. Giving us no time to feel sympathy for the character, getting us no time to feel an emotional attachment build between Noah and his family. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I Did you notice that they didn't even mention Josh? They never mention him. And I know every show has plot holes, but like, that's a big miss. <laughs> Did they just erase him from his family, like, when he got convicted? Did he I mean, get honestly, convicted? <laughs> like, oh, good point. You know? Yeah, I mean, if he got convicted, I could see them being like, we don't know that guy. He does not align with Hunter right. oil and chemicals ideals and blah, 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 blah. But – yeah. Maybe they were just like, uh, he's going to go live on the family ranch in Montana and we're never going to speak about what happened again. Yeah. Oh, okay. God, I'm kind of good at this. Speaking of leaving California, Val, at this point, we go to her. She's getting ready to go to Vegas. And it's really weird because Carl is just like wandering around Casa Walsh. I don't know if he and Val's mom are staying with them or what's happening here, but Mm -hmm. she wants help being zipped in her dress. He's really uncomfortable at the idea of zipping up his, you know, stepdaughter, who is a fully grown adult. Like, this is kind of a weird way to jump into a relationship. Mm -hmm. But he's like, I don't know if this is okay. I'm going to be your dad. And then she says in a very fucked up way, me and my dad were very affectionate. Yeah, I hated that. What? Okay, this is like, this is around where I started realizing this was going to be the worst episode in the world. (laughs) Already, I was not okay with the gun, with the Sophie of it all, but this was bad. Yeah. And like, luckily we move on from that and they go downstairs with like the last bag and Kelly walks in to bring uh, Brandon's phone back and... There's some quippiness here, and and this stuff was good, right? It was the back and forth between Val Val and Kelly that was so good. Um, Kelly gets distracted because she sees a box of her stuff on the ground, and she's like, who put this there? (laughs) I love love that she's so offended by this idea that Brandon would put her stuff in a box and then put it out of the way so that nobody would knock it. Yep, yep. It was just... Who put this here? <laughs> Who would just put all their stuff in a I don't know, people that broke up with each other? <laughs> yeah. You left all this shit here. What are they going to do with it? It's not theirs. Yeah. I wrote in my notes, would she have preferred a bag? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. If there's just a trash bag on the floor and she sees her face sticking out of it. 
<laughs> she would have accused okay. Valerie a hundred percent, like right absolutely. In the Okay, but that's why I also got really excited here. I knew we weren't going to get it. I let myself get falsely excited. But after she sees the box on the floor and then the woman named Susie calls the not Brandon cell phone, Kelly asks if she can come to Vegas with Val. And I love Val being like, hell no. And then just a pause, just a silence. And she's like, all right, fine, but we're not friends. I was like, you just wait. I want it. I want friendly stuff happening in Vegas. That'll make it just, okay for what's going on with you and your mom. Yeah. But just the, like, this doesn't mean we're friends. God, no. And then as <laughs> Kelly's walking out, Val's just like, ugh. <laughs> like, the disgust. Love- <laughs> but, like, you know they're going to Vegas. And Kelly, I don't think Kelly is going to have time to, like, go back to the beach apartment, pack her bags, mm-hmm. do all this stuff. Like, she's buying a plane ticket in the car. They're going to the airport, and then she and Val are sharing the spare set of jammies that Val packed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. If only. Yeah. And then... So, I think the last thing that happens that night is Brandon goes to the boat to talk to Noah about his dad and be like, hey, did you ever know that your dad wanted to be an artist? Mm -hmm. And Noah is still in this, like, upset fugue state, not comprehending what's happening around him kind of phase. I don't know, whatever's going on with him. And he's just talking about, like, how his dad should have done it differently. Right. Yeah, that was hard to watch and listen to. I did not – care for that I didn't like it I basically my notes just say like Brandon is trying so hard to talk to Noah and Noah just just he's in such a bad space he's not receptive to anything he cannot yeah. comprehend it right exactly he's like going to an extreme when it comes to I don't know like ration through things like you know like mm, it, it's it's hard to understand what he's going through because he keeps But you can tell, like, it clearly, obviously, I mean, he saw his dad on the ground. So it's, like, clearly Mm -hmm. the actual act is what's messing with him the most. That coupled with how he felt like he was treated his whole life has just then exploded into this, like, I think fugue state is kind of a good way to describe it. Because it's not, it's like he's not fully present, right? Yeah, exactly. He's just, like, sitting there talking and it's really uncomfortable and... Yeah, I feel like maybe we shouldn't leave him alone again. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say it. But so we cut to the next day where Steve is attempting to catch Sophie in her lies. They're having another really weird conversation where I don't fully understand what's happening because Mm -hmm. like he's saying he slept on the couch again that she doesn't need to go to the Martin's anniversary party with him anymore because he went to the coffee shop that she said she or that she was at that she said she didn't go to with a movie star and I thought the movie star thing was gonna be something I thought she was gonna be like oh my god you know movie stars right but no And and then she says that he's blowing her off yeah this was what i like she's still so clearly trying to like keep him on a rope Mm -hmm. and lie to him at the same time and so she's trying to use her power to like keep him attached but also 
she it's like she wants to sound smarter and more clever than she actually is you know what I mean it's like she she has to you know how like Val usually thinks like 45 steps ahead Sophie Mm -hmm. thinks one like in the moment so it's like she's constantly having to like come up with things on the spot yeah that's what I'm saying she's not good at this and as soon as he says Mm -hmm. movie star she should turn her attention to him and be like oh my god how are you meeting movie stars right exactly but no and we go over to vegas uh val and kelly are both gambling i guess everybody's gambling but abby says she's really tired and she wants to go to sleep so val says that i think she'll like babysit carl or watch him chaperone chaperone Chaperone. yeah so they stay up kelly's really on her own from this point on like she's off with this guy named Henry at the roulette table and he says he's in love with her and it I don't care. <laughs> what I what I will say is later on we see Val and Carl again. They run into Kelly and Henry who are still betting together and then as Val and Carl go to leave and go upstairs, Val leans over to Henry and goes, "She doesn't blow on dice." Oh my and god. His face. <laughs> I was like, whoa, that, okay, all right. <laughs> I mean, this this is what I wanted. It was just, like, them on the casino floors together, just, like, mm-hmm. meeting guys and screwing things up. Like, could you imagine if we just got a full episode of Kelly and Val looking beautiful as they are at different tables, and then guys come up and start hitting on them, and then the other comes up and is like, oh, are you – setting another guy's house on fire (laughs) like yeah i it's just their dynamic is just so entertaining i wish we would have gotten them teaming up to do like val would have let kelly in on a plan or something and then they work together on it because kelly's you know feeling all types of way towards brandon slash guys right she needs a distraction she wants to do Mm -hmm. something instead we go upstairs with val and carl where they have a very uncomfortable conversation about how neither of them are tired and Mm -hmm. Val kisses Carl, but he stops her. He stops her. And I thought that was going to be it. I thought she was going to be embarrassed and I thought she was going to do something and there would be a fallout, but that that would be it with her and Carl. Right. Especially because like Abby nearly caught them. Right. So close. Yeah. And we get a little bit of update with other people. Um, you know, Donna is at the boat helping Noah pack, and she's just talking. She's like, I haven't heard from Car- Carrie. She's not answering my messages. You know, I don't know what's going on. And he's just completely ignoring her. He's like, mm-hmm. I can't stop thinking about my dad, and he never loved me, and that's really fucked up, and I'm going to go live in my office from now on. Yeah. Which I also want to talk about how everyone who owns the pee pad ends up sleeping in that office because of homelessness at some point or another. And I feel like we should address that among the group. Yeah, like maybe you shouldn't have bought a business that you also can't afford to live. (laughs) If you're the third person in the friend group that has tried to run this business and ended up sleeping there for one reason or another, like Mm -hmm. 
we should cut our losses and move. Nat should tell people, like, you can't keep living here. We burned the place down last time somebody lived here. Right? Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, like, Donna is trying so hard to reach him. Again, he's just not listening. He is just not in a good space. And, Mm -hmm. like, we just watch it spiraling. Yeah. Because there's a brief moment we find out that Brandon wants to put Mr. Hunter's obituary on page three, but Janet and Steve are like, no, the bra advertisement fits there. And Brandon loses his mind about page three versus page six. Well, and and of course, at first it seems like he's just, you know, trying to do something good for his friend and all that kind of stuff. And later you realize, Mm -hmm. oh, it's just a big projection. Yeah. So this confused me a little bit because when Noah asked Brandon to write the obituary, I thought he literally meant just write it and then they would publish it in their chosen publication. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was going to be like a Beverly Beat article obituary. Yeah. yeah, In the in the pamphlet for the memorial or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, because, like, be... I know even, like, the AJC, like, they have obits all the time that you – I mean, you do have to pay for the space, right? But, like, you yeah, literally sure. just submit your obituary mm-hmm. and they print it. Yeah. So you but, would think like, that would be the same thing. This is a man who was, like, a businessman, the head of this giant multi-million dollar company for so long. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to want to put that in the Wall Street Journal. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we also find out later that the Beverly Beat has amazing distribution. Somehow they suffer <laughs> and get all the way to this guy that works for the New York Chronicle. I like, just... Whatever. I, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's a Beverly Beat. It's like the room of requirement. It's whatever you needed to mm-hmm. be at the moment. A failing mm-hmm. newspaper, an amazing newspaper that gets branded all this international notice. Well, and and speaking of, like, that's another good segue. You're just crushing the segues this time. Um, But, like, at the anniversary party, Brandon, Dr. Dad brings this guy, Lou Jessup, who works for the New York Chronicle, to meet Brandon. And when he's like, oh, that Brandon Walsh, I'm like, my God, guys. Like, (laughs) every time. (laughs) He's like, I read the Beverly Beat. Yeah, okay. Sure you do. I'm sure you do. (laughs) Yeah, and Brandon's response to it is like, oh my god, you found out that, or you found that the lost cat story where the woman yeah. takes off all of her clothes before she meets the firefighters was good reporting, and Jessup is just like, okay, cool, nice meeting you, I have to go. Yeah, he's like, you're gonna condescend your own paper okay interesting not what I expected (laughs) that's what he should have said he should have been like you know what I don't want to work with anybody who's got this attitude yep exactly but yeah Brandon's having this whole moment at the party and then you also see him talking to Noah who is just getting hammered Mm -hmm. like again we should really be keeping an eye on Noah and maybe don't let him come to this party drunk. Like if you see him like this, Mm -hmm. let's back it up. So when they're drinking at the bar, when Brandon tells him like, maybe you should slow down. When Noah said, what are you a friend of Bill W's? Do you know what that meant? Oh my gosh. Yes. It just so happened that I listened to a podcast today where it got brought up, where Bill W brought, got brought up. So 
Bill W. is like Bill Washington or something. He's the guy who created uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. Oh. Yeah, okay. I was listening to a podcast about a cult and Alcoholics Anonymous came up. So there you go. You're welcome. Wow. Okay. Well, that's a fun fact. Yeah, uh, I had no idea did, about it. When did AA become a thing? Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Like 1935. Okay. But yeah, to that point, Donna goes up to make a toast to her parents. Dr. Dad is about to talk and Noah just walks up so drunk and... Like Mary said, Dr. Dad and Felicia Martian, and that's it. (laughs) Oh, he also says that he and Donna are going to get married and have 150 kids, and everyone's going to be dead. All you old geezers. And Donna is just standing there. I swear she's at the worst couple days. Yeah. She's like, this is the third time that this has happened to me. Why? Mm -hmm. Like, also... This is not the first time that somebody has drunkenly ruined a giant Martin event. Do you remember when uh, David Dylan showed up drunk after spending the summer in Mexico and just like threw his cowboy boots up on the table? Mm hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. What was that for? Uh, Donna's coming out. Yeah. Texas dip episode. (laughs) Yep. Mm -hmm. That's right. Oh my God. What an episode. I know. I just, I felt so bad for Donna, but I also kind of felt like this was out of character for her. I feel like at this point she would have snapped and been like, Noah, we're leaving. Yeah, like, like taking a little bit more control of the situation because we've seen her do that in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Her standing there looking sad was like the least in character thing I've seen in her. And she's been like really out of character for a while now. (laughs) I was going to say, I remember when she had stage fright like three episodes ago. But somebody does get Noah out of there the next morning, I guess. I'm not really sure what time of day it is, but he shows up at the pee pad where uh, David is setting up. He's going to do that, like, DJ audition-y thingy, and he's like, I don't remember what happened. And David's like, well, if it was on a scale of 50 to how bad it was, it was a 100. (laughs) It's like, David, dude. (laughs) That's not math. Yeah. (laughs) And also, like, What's your goal here? Are you trying to rib him? Are you trying to help him? Because then he's like, take about 12 aspirin. That's an overdose. And drink a bunch of coffee. That Don't also do that together. might harm you. And you'll be fine. Noah, please don't listen to him. Yeah, it does seem like David's ribbing him rather than being like, you're a mess because of what happened. By the way, have I told you I went through a very similar experience? Let's talk Mm -hmm. about it. No. Mm -hmm. Why would we bring that up and make anybody bond? We have time to show Sophie come in in a midriff and David say, I can't see you anymore. And then almost give in, but then not. (laughs) Oh, my God. The idea that she just like chooses not to acknowledge it and she's like oh so what are we doing later you know you're using my idea and he's like stop and she's like so what are we doing later yeah does not get it and he just like goes from making eye contact to just not (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I guess we should mention like last night at the Martins event Steve does confront David and is like hey I get this feeling that you guys have been together. In fact, I've seen you and you like David doesn't deny it, but he also doesn't admit it. And Mm -hmm. that bothered me. But at least we get this second where he tries to have a backbone. 
and right. tries to say that Steve is his friend and he's not going to knowingly hurt his friend. Mm-hmm. And we also see that Donna is trying to meet with someone. She's trying to meet with Jankowski, right? Yes. She goes to the yeah. office or whatever, and the receptionist, like, won't let her meet with him, I guess. Mm-hmm. But that's when Carrie comes out because apparently in this day and age, you get hired for a job and start the next day. No background checks. Apparently. No formal yeah. interview process. Just get hired the next day. Just super and, fast. Well, and Donna tries to confront her, and I'm like, girl, you did the exact same thing. Like, mm-hmm. just just wait it out because you know what's going to happen. Like, right. this, this is literally Donna stealing that other girl's designs getting caught because they're not hers and she can't keep up with the work and getting fired. Mm -hmm. There you go. That's the rest of Donna's story this week. Well, and that's why I was like, why are we repeating this? Is this the only thing that they can think to do in a career for Donna? Like, why? Why? And that's what I mean. Like, this episode sucked. Got a whole bunch (laughs) A whole bunch of people being out of character and not doing anything when we could have acknowledged what Noah is going through and doing something with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Which, speaking of that, like, we find out that Brandon is still fighting to get Noah's dad's obit on page three. Like, they're still like, it's not going to fit. We got to put it on page six because capitalism, we got to put the bras on page three. Got to be honest. I do feel like Noah's dad would respect that. His whole capitalism thing. He'd be like, no, put me on page six. Put the bras on page three. (laughs) Exactly. And you can tell, like, this is the moment where it finally bleeds over and you can see that Brandon's, like, projecting. um, Yep. And basically saying, like, what is his legacy? You know, bras and, and, oh, yeah, my legacy, you know, whatever. And because then Brandon and Steve, like, Steve's just kind of be like, dude, like, you understand how papers work. This is just how it's going to be. He's like actually being rational for once, which was also out of character, but he was being rational. Brandon gets annoyed and Steve says something like, uh, or, or Brandon's like, we, that's the whole idea of wanting is that you want what you can't have. And Steve's like, yeah, but we're not all bitter about it, which is true. Very, very true. But then Brandon gets defensive about that. And then brings up Sophie. And I'm like, like, whoa. (laughs) And somehow Steve is just like, you know what? You're right. I did feel entitled to her and that was wrong. And I'm sitting Mm -hmm. here with whiplash, not Mm -hmm. understanding where this Steve has been hiding and what he's doing. But I know now. Right. Right. I know. This is just one of those like blips. I'm not falling for it this time. Mm Mm-hmm. But Steve basically tells Brandon, he's like, look, you can write anybody under the table. You should call that guy. Like, he says rational stuff. It's weird. Yeah, it is weird. Um, so then we go to where Donna is working. She's, you know, trying to draw some new designs since her last ones just got stolen. And Noah's here to apologize. And she does not accept it. Nope. Which she shouldn't. Like, yeah. she tells him, he's, she's like, no, try harder. I'm not doing this. <laughs> well, and, I mean, kudos to Noah for also going ahead and calling Dr. Dad and apologizing to him, too. Like, yes. that's that's good of him. Um, he should have, but, and I appreciate that he did it. Yes, but then, of course, when Donna's like, 
that doesn't excuse doing terrible things if like you feel bad after like that's what you should be doing is like you're it, it you know it was that whole like you can't apologize for something if you intend to do it again right like that's mm-hmm. not an apology because an apology applies that there's remorse and that you won't do it again um and and I think that's fair I think that's totally fair for her to think like that and and see that and then even when she's like i'm just trying to help you he evades that completely by then pivoting and saying like how's work going i know (laughs) which is the worst idea he could have done because she's like uh not good i also got screwed there i tried Mm -hmm. to trust somebody and they threw it in my face yep so then we go to where david is djing at he okay he's djing a radio show live from the club at an unknown time (laughs) But, like, better than I thought he was going to be with the radio job. But, like, also, what is he doing? He's literally just like, all right, that was TLC's uh, Chasing Waterfalls. Now up, we're going <laughs> to move on to MC Hammer. Like, push button. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. No, he said, this is David Silver on the mic representing the entire hip-hop nation. <laughs> and we're not letting him get away with that n- this time. <laughs> no. The audacity. Oh, I can't. I can't. It's ridiculous. And then it turns out he has a phone up there. So he's like, yeah. oh my God, I hope the station is calling me to pull the plug. Most insane. I fully thought he was going to be close enough to the mic to where the entire peepad heard that. <laughs> I mean, truly, I don't know what's happening here. But like everybody is there to support him. Sophie is there with Steve Brandon and Janet, but she like mm-hmm. excuses herself to call him from the payphone. And I don't know. I don't know if we're supposed to feel good or bad about this because he's honest with her. He's like, I feel like I'm blowing this. And she talks him down. She's like, look, everybody's having fun. People are not walking out the door. You've actually got like evidence of your success right in front of you. Accept it. But then it like zooms in on her mouth with the lipstick and is like, look at me, look at, it's real gazy. And now we know that David doesn't care about anything but her. I just love (laughs) that this phone call when Sophie calls his voice intimate is what flips the switch and he hangs up the phone and he just goes, are you guys ready for this? And then he just puts on (laughs) some other song. (laughs) I was like, ready for what? You know, in reality, like she would call and he'd be like, "Hello, I can't hear you. Who is this?" <laughs> yeah, hello. You sound Sorry, like you're in a club. Noise. <laughs> God, that was my favorite part of the episode. Are you guys ready for this? And then song. <laughs> well, and with how much the music has been replaced, we don't even know what he actually put on. What if he put on his own music again? he puts on Donna's song and it's just all of a sudden the mood changes <laughs> he puts on the deodorant commercial he's like oh my this god is what I originally wanted the condom commercial <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh okay kind of a good segue I guess because we have to go to Vegas dude um there's, this is where Kelly is still gambling with Henry, but then she sees the wedding dress of someone walking through the casino mm-hmm. to or from her wedding, not really sure. But she's, like, physically drawn to it. She, like, stops talking to everyone. The camera zooms in on her, and she is just 
pulled to the dress. It's very weird. And this bride should have been like, can we get me out of here? (laughs) Yeah, someone's looking at me creepily and walking toward me. Please stop. This is not okay. Kelly would get tackled by security. Mm -hmm. But Val is still spending a lot of time with Carl. And we find out that Val sleeps with Carl. And no one is happy about it. They're both upset. He's freaking out trying to get out of there. She does not want to look at him. But then he goes to leave and it turns out that Kelly and Val have been sharing a room this entire time and Kelly knows everything. But assumes the worst, right? Instead of like seeing Val crying, which God admit, I mean, not 100% sure why Val was crying. I wish we could have lingered on that a little bit more because, like, clearly her intention was to seduce Carl, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we can all agree she was trying to mess things up. Is there an implication the that she didn't want it to go that far and Carl pushed her? Is it to, like, you know what I mean? Like, we needed a little bit more to decide how to feel about what? What happened? And this is another example of, like, a time that Val and Kelly could bond or Val Mm -hmm. could be vulnerable in this moment and not have anybody else to turn to and they could still hate each other. I don't care. But, like, this is another one where there's also this part that maybe Val feels like this is what she has to do or this is the only thing she can do or Mm -hmm. that, like, yeah, she needs to be in control of this in some way, shape, or form. And I feel like Kelly would understand that. She'd be like, no, I've been in a position – where I feel like guys only want me for my body and I feel like Mm -hmm. I don't have any control over what's happening. Like there's so much that could happen, but instead we get Kelly walking in and just being like, I'm going to pack my things and I'll be on the next flight out in the morning. And then after the commercial break, we cut to Abby and Carl have fully gotten married and Mm -hmm. Val doesn't look happy about it. And Carl goes to try and shake her hand and Abby's like, no, you should hug. And for some reason this is still going. We're still seeing this. We're still seeing this discomfort, and I don't like it. Right. Exactly. So that's why I'm like, we probably needed a little bit more info. Yeah. Because now I just don't know how to feel. Am I mad at Carl? Am I mad at Val? Am I mad at the situation? Is it all just mistakes? Like, what, you know, I don't have enough information. Yeah. What am I supposed to feel about Val? I feel like it's it's whiplash, too. Am I supposed Mm -hmm. to be mad at her? Am I supposed to be worried about her? Am I supposed to be Mm -hmm. mad at her? Exactly. So we start getting, like, kind of the cleanup of a lot of what's happened in this episode. Carrie shows up at Donna's. She had the job for one day before she Mm -hmm. got called out. And she's like, Jankowski hated all my designs. I was hoping that you would accept my apology. And Donna slams the door in her face and then deletes the message from Jankowski, who is calling to talk to her now that he realizes what happened. Yep, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, there's not really I mean, more I'll... to say. Carrie showed up and left. Yeah, and, like, we could stay with Donna, like, because she goes over to Noah's boat. And mm-hmm. Donna tells Noah she thought about asking him to move in with her. He's still really, really upset and kind of, like, mopping one single stain over and over. He basically tells her to leave her leave, leave him alone and that Noah's mom found a letter to Noah in his sock drawer from his dad apologizing to Noah specifically and Mm -hmm. 
like hopes that Noah can forgive his weakness and Noah kind of like breaks down fully. Donna hugs him and he says he can't forgive him. Mm -hmm. Which sometimes TV shows, like, I don't know why I had this reaction to it, but I was like, in real life, he would have already read this, handed the note to Donna. She would have read it silently and we wouldn't have known what it said because right. if he hands it to her and she reads she his reads father's it. note to him out loud, that's bananas. Like imagine mm -hmm. that in real life. You have this traumatic thing. You give it to someone and they read it like, dear Ariel, this is your grandmother who's dying of cancer. Like, no, yeah. <laughs> don't mm -hmm. do that to mm -hmm. me. No, I mean like – so when my dad had heart surgery, he wrote a letter to me – I know, I know. I was like, I was not going to read it because I was afraid of what it was. And mm -hmm. Kim also got, my stepmom, she also got a letter and she read it and she's like, okay, it's not that bad. You can read it. And I'm like, okay. But I can't imagine like taking that letter home from the hospital, giving it to Nate and then him like opening it up and then reading it out loud. <laughs> like, that's, what that's I insane. Mean. <laughs> Like, it's so TV. It's how it has to happen because, mm -hmm. like, I don't know, maybe we would have gotten a voiceover, but maybe I would have found that cheesy. I don't know. But yeah. the fact that she's reading this aloud where his dad's like, Noah suffered without me. Like, this is so bad. Well, and honestly, like, a way that I could have seen it working is if, for example, Noah and his dad had maybe gotten on better terms right before what happened happened. And this was an exit for Noah. Noah mm -hmm. needed this letter to be closure and maybe like took, I don't know, maybe he got cremated and he took the ashes with him in a car and there's a voiceover going as mm -hmm. he's leaving Beverly Hills, right? Like that would have been a less cheesy voiceover moment, but instead, yeah, we had to get this. Or yeah, even like, you know, his mom giving him the letter, like they hired the actress yeah. Put her in yeah. a scene with Noah. She never actually, like, spends any time with Noah outside that no. one meal where I don't think she speaks. She literally had three scenes the entire time she was on. The phone call to Donna. <laughs> mm -hmm. The dinner where, yeah, I don't even know if she spoke. And then the scene with so. Brandon. Yeah. So, yeah, it just – it didn't land. But I did appreciate, you know, like you were saying, how – he's trying to clean this one spot and that's like where his fixation is at while Donna's mm -hmm. trying to talk to him. And I felt mm -hmm. so bad for her again that she's mm -hmm. like, I want you to move in with me. And he doesn't respond. Like, and he eventually says like, leave me alone. <laughs> no, like I, truly this probably would have been the end of the relationship. Cause I've been like, I can't face mm -hmm. you anymore. Mm -hmm. I, I just can't. Mm-hmm. And speaking of the end of relationships, God, I'm so good at this. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kelly, after she comes back from Vegas, she goes to Casa Walsh. She goes into Brandon's room. I feel like everyone is so open about just walking into the house and going into people's rooms. It's so funny to me because, like, I don't know. That's just – I wouldn't walk into your house and just go to your bedroom if you were there. I'd be like, oh, I'll wait for her to come down. I will say, like – that's exactly what Megan used to do at my house all the time. She would just walk right into my house and come right to my room. Like, hopefully I wasn't doing anything weird because <laughs> that's just what she did. She walked straight from the garage into my room. And oftentimes I didn't hear the garage door open. And yeah, all of a sudden, hey, oh, hey, Megan's here. <laughs> See, and I feel like that would be such a good surprise. Mm -hmm. But not in this case because Kelly walks in and she's like, who's Susie? And he's like, my cell phone's right here. What are you talking about? Yeah. 
and then yeah we find out about the car we basically they just have a conversation once again they can talk better to each other when they're not in a relationship exactly i mean she even or he even mentions about like the job opportunity in la which you know we didn't really talk about it but basically brandon and the new york chronicle guy meet again they have an la bureau and there's a job opening and the new york guys want to meet him so that they could potentially suss him out for a job at the la office and in this conversation he even like reveals that and she doesn't freak out you know yeah no, they handle everything very normally. She's like, why did you put all my things in a box? And he's like, because they made me sad. I'm mm-hmm. going to New York. Oh, that's a really good opportunity for you. And then yeah. they like kind of have a little like side hug snuggle moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, the last scene of the episode. Steve comes over to David's house and... He's like, look, I know this is crazy, but I just have to ask, is Sophie here? And David says, nothing is happening. And Steve says, got it. Sorry to interrupt you. Here's your paper. And then David goes inside and Sophie's naked in his bed and says, do you think he suspects? And then she (laughs) had bed. Gross. Get out of here. Stop it. (laughs) I just don't understand. And like, I'm not surprised. And... Mm -hmm. It's stupid. Yeah. Like, Sophie is pretty. I also think Sophie is kind of a stupid con woman. We've said it, like, so many times. Her entire con is student loans. She's Mm -hmm. poor now. Do you know her interest rates? She wants to be famous for being herself. Which we said she's too early for. Yeah. (laughs) Literally wait 10 years. Exactly. Literally. Come back. Even, like, just get yourself on the next real world season and you'll be fine because then they'll bring out the challenge and road rules. You'll have a job. God, she's perfect for that environment. Absolutely. Not here. Not going between Steve and David's bed based on which one she can sleep better in. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just don't get it. I don't think David's the catch. I don't understand. It's so funny to me, like, this whole situation that, like, I feel like if Sophie knew who Steve's mom was, Mm -hmm. she would make a different choice. Like, why does she think, like, she's just like, David, he's going to get me where I want to go in Hollywood. No. Like, sorry, honey. (laughs) That's literally why, like, I think when she first arrived, I was like, why did she pick David? Steve has the connections, literally. Literally any of them. Kelly was a model. Donna knows mm-hmm. photographers. Mm-hmm. Brandon writes a newspaper. <laughs> I'm sorry. David's like last on the list because he's like burned every bridge for every job he's ever had and can't keep a job. <laughs> yeah, when she finds him, he's he doesn't have a job. Mm-hmm. He's not doing it. He's like, oh, I'm looking for a job over an iced coffee. You're shopping. And she decides that he's going to be it. I don't yep. get it. It's crazy. <sighs> yeah, that was uh, – th- this episode's a hot mess. Like, <laughs> I just – I don't think I have good things to say about it. It just – it was all over the place, and there was a lot of out-of-character moments for a lot of characters. And then, of course, couple that with – 
the gun violence and the kind of extremes that we went to with the Vegas stuff and, and all that as well. It just, it just wasn't the best. Wasn't the best. Yeah. This like, there's just nothing good. I'm, I'm literally scrolling through my notes trying to think of something positive to say and I got nothing. I don't Do even think have I have a, quote have a of the week? I was just going to say, I don't even think I have a quote of the week. I mean, I did like when Carrie, um, sees Donna at the, at the business office or whatever. And she's like, you said I was better than you. And Donna's like, I lied. I was like, Oh, burn Donna. <laughs> yeah. I liked so that I guess one. That's and I, liked, it. I liked that one. And I liked Val talking to Kelly, like, all right, but this doesn't mean we're friends. Yeah. Oh, but that was I like just... a moment. No, it was. Yeah. I just found another one though. I don't know. We didn't talk about it, but during at the pee pad when David's like working on on his set or whatever, <laughs> Janet comes over with drinks and she's like, "I can't believe how good he's doing." <laughs> oh, Janet, because she hasn't seen him do these things. Yeah. But just knowing what we know about David, just her little and she's so honest, like just I, I can't believe how good he's doing. Like like she genuinely can't believe it. <laughs> I just love the idea that Janet has these moments that are just so perfect because she also had the mm-hmm. one last episode where she was like, no one's taking you up on that bet. Exactly. That's what I mean. She's I got some her. good one-liners. Oh, Mary, what about you? I have no quotes. Um, for moments, however, I don't even want to call one out except, okay, I will though. And it's just like the um, – the recurrence of the list, the three-step plan mm-hmm. of how to succeed in show business. <laughs> it's very funny to me. I like that it's the same list, and I like that we got to see her check off number three. Because I think she's checking off steps as she starts to work on them. Exactly. To, like, make herself feel like she's making progress. Yeah, That's not how checklists work. You write the list, and then at the top, you write, make checklist, and then cross that off when you've started. <laughs> They just don't even know. (sighs) Okay. What is next week's episode? We can't keep going down. It's got to start going back up from here. I feel good. Well, (laughs) (laughs) next week. No, that was so bad. (laughs) Next week we have season nine, episode four. Don't ask, don't tell. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. I mean,. And it's rated it's, a four a, a full four tenths of a point lower than this episode. <laughs> that's so upsetting. I mean, that could be about so many things that happened in this episode that I never want to address ever again. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Okay, fine. Well, we'll find out next week. And until then, you can follow us on Instagram at Back to Podcast. You can also send us an email of anything you'd like to have us discuss or any other thoughts, comments, questions that you have at backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to go into your podcast app and rate, review, subscribe, share it with all your friends and family. All that stuff really helps us get seen and build a community and then we can give you all a better product. And if you give us a review in Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the show because we really appreciate you. So until next week, from all of us at Back to Podcast, I want to hear the rest of the roast for Dr. Dad and Felicia Martian. 
You said I was better than you. I lied. Bye. Bye. See ya. Yeah, that was.